Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Want to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. It's nice to be talking hockey again here on the air today on the sportstuff.com and all that good stuff. Uh, hey, it's an old tradition, just like the Turkey of the Year by Patrick Royce in the Star Tribune Sports section. Brave the Wild is getting recorded on Thanksgiving Day. Why would I want to change that, right? <laughs> well, we're here once again. Hopefully, you, hopefully this can bring you something to listen to. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you don't want to be around some of your in-laws, or you just, you know, maybe you need some type of a sports fix. Luckily, the Wild were able to bring a positive change of events last night. Thank God. Uh, after a couple of extremely disappointing losses in the division to teams that the Wild probably should have beat. And it's funny, my predictions were 0 for 3 this week. That's right, 0 for 3. Good job, Joe. Good job, good job. <laughs> but, hey, at least we beat Winnipeg. Um, That's good. We lose to Colorado, of course. We lose to Dallas, of course. I thought the Wild might play better against Dallas. I was dead on about Kemper starting. Uh, for some reason, I had a strange feeling Kemper was going to start against Dallas, and, and he did. So there you go. Uh, it's going to be a usual show. We review... And then preview. We're going to preview four games leading into next week. And then look into the uh, prospects. Going to do a little extended look into some of them in the college rankings. As they're doing pretty good. Some of the higher ranking uh, prospects in the wild system out there. It's a nice sign. And that's why, again, why Chuck Fletcher still has his job. Despite some very disappointing moves along the way. And, of course, despite the fact that this team does not have that classic sniper that uh, Mr. Boudreaux would like on this team. And he continues to acknowledge that. Like, we can't win games. We can't keep winning games 2-1. to one. We can't hope to do that. one nothing. I mean, you're not going to win in this league at a high rate if you keep doing that. You're just going to be one of those bottom-end clubs. Believe it or not, though, at the end of the past three games, the Wild are back in the division lead category. How's that possible? Well, I guess luckily everybody's close to each other, I guess. Uh, luckily, that's exactly what is going on. Kind of a logjam, except for the frickin' Colorado Avalanche now are starting to, or excuse me, Chicago Blackhawks are starting to take over again. Oh, goody. And then the New York Rangers and Montreal Canadiens over in the Eastern Conference with the Blackhawks are right now the top seed, would be the top seed in the Western Conference. Edmonton Oilers continue to lead their division. It's about frickin' time, because remember every year I kept picking them as a you know, a team on the rise. Well, they finally are. It, it took a long time, but it finally happened. <laughs> um, the Minnesota Wilds start things off in Colorado very positively. At home, hosting Colorado, pardon me. Uh, start things off very positively. They are pretty much the uh, ag- aggressors, which is great. The Wild responding to Bruce Boudreaux saying we need to 
stop with his one nothing crap. And then the Wild score two goals in the first period, which is great. Or actually, <laughs> two goals to start the game off. I keep going crazy here. Uh, Charlie Coyle finishing off a power play. As again, the power play had been struggling for so long, but the Wild do get a couple of power play goals in the past three games here. Coyle finishing off a nice centering pass from Jared Spurgeon. It actually bounced off a defender, but hey, he'll take it. Fifth goal of the year. Nice to see Charlie Coyle lighten the lamps again, as he'd been quite quiet for a while. Still one of the leading scorers on the club. And then I swear, I swear, these guys listen to Brave of the Wild because it just keeps happening. Um, I talked about how Grayevac is just like Polkanen now. Eight games in, sure, he scored in like really early, like first game for him. Uh, Polkanen, I believe it was his second game with the Wild. He scored real early and then never again. Just one goal, no assists, eight games in, still one point. Grayevac with a fairly nice highlighter in his with his first NHL goal. And then what happens? He puts on an even better highlighter here. This is the real deal. Uh, Brody and Dumba just simply moving the puck forward to Grayevac. He kind of goes against the wall. Uh... Before it gets himself closer to the net. Just a one-on-one battle, or should I say, just one-on-three, whatever it was. I mean, spectacular by Tyler Grayvok. Just not giving up the puck, not giving it up, continuing to attack the net. And then he scores like a, as they say, a Bobby Orr type of style as he goes down. When It seemed like every goal he makes, he's, he's going down to the ground. I saw Brett Hull do that many times as well in his past. And it's just a highlight goal, second goal. Of the season for Tyler Grayevac, again, responding very well to my complaining <laughs> on Brave the Wild last episode, episode 131. Um, well, all right. Maybe I should keep ripping people, right? I, I might as well rip Parisi, but then because he's been really struggling. You barely even notice him out there until he finally got, to, got an empty netter to wrap things up against Winnipeg as we get ahead of ourselves. Um, the Wild got ahead of themselves. They were excited. Things were going so well. And then you go into the third period, and the defensemen repeatedly get caught sleeping as the Colorado Avalanche in six minutes. Six minutes span, score three goals. The first one was the one that made you wonder. Uh, Dubnik, spectacular all night and spectacular all season. Highlight saves and just save after save, whether they're difficult saves or easy saves or middle-of-the-road saves. Getting the job done. And then a guy named a guy named Miko Rentanen was able to nail a one-timer from Nathan McKinnon. Just a, a one-timer. Jonas Brodeen caught sleeping on the play. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, frustration starting to mount here after this one. Um, just completely caught sleeping, and then Carl Soderberg on the power play finishing on that one. The defenseman, not it just seemed like everybody kind of was disoriented on this play. It was a bit of a scramble, but then it seemed like nobody knew where the puck was, and, the, and it went in. Soderberg finishing there. Uh, Suter, not happy about that. It seemed like Suter's always in there. When, when Suter's always near the puck, but never seems to knock it out of there. And then Nathan McKinnon with a pretty much a highlight type of play there as he was attacking the net, made a move uh, from a, from quite a distance out, actually. Nice move by Nathan McKinnon. He finishes it, assisted by defenseman Butchman and Eric Johnson. Yuck. Eric Johnson's eighth assist of the season. McKinnon only his fourth goal of the year. He's been very quiet, but this was the this was the McKinnon we all remember as one of those top draft picks a couple of years ago. One of those highlight sniper type players that you hope to get in the top of the draft when you have an awful season. One of those guys the Wild always wish they had, but McKinnon, sometimes it doesn't always pan out. McKinnon was able to get two points in this one, though, and he was the star of the game, nailing the game winner with uh, half a period to go. The Wild just couldn't muster enough. Picard went back into shutdown mode, as that's why he was able to shut the Wild out last time around, and he got the win. Doggone it. The Wild gets several, several shots on goal in this one. 41, in fact. 43, in fact, actually, when you count the two goals. 
really peppering Picard, but Picard Pickard, actually, was able to knock the puck away many times, make the save, and of course freeze the puck, which is so frustrating when you're hoping for that juicy rebound, because there's no rebound to get as Picard froze the puck time and time again, and the Wild ran out of time, and they don't get a damn point against the Colorado Avalanche when they led by two goals. Boudreaux just beside himself, like, what the hell is it going to take here, guys? Come on. Defenseman fell asleep. Let Devin Dubnik down in this one. Terrible. Um, drove me nuts. Drove Boudreaux nuts, and I'm sure the players were pissed off, too. I'm sure they were because they care so much, right? <laughs> well, they do, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder when, when you see defensive lapses like that. Drives you absolutely up the wall. The Wild head to Dallas, Texas. Oh, they get a point and everything. You know, I was talking about this going to a shootout, wasn't I? And I thought the Wild were going to win it. A shootout or overtime, whatever it is. You know, extra period, extra play. It did go to extra play, but the Wild don't win this one. Uh, Jamie Olesiak, Olesiak, like whoever that is, right? (laughs) Getting his first goal of the year. No, I'm a developing player with Dallas there. Um, Another situation where it was a scramble, scramble down there for the puck. Nino Niederreiter nailing another power play goal. Nino Niederreiter back with Granlin and Koivu, as you saw this line on occasion. And this is uh, in the power play. Kind of a, it's a nice combination. This was the game where, of course, uh, this was uh, after the Colorado game, Boudreaux said we need to switch things up. And he did, um, putting Parisi and Coyle back together with Eric Stahl. That's kind of a cool group. So Niederreiter sent back down to the second line, or actually the third line, with. Hominville and Eric Halla because the, the line had a ton of success under Torchetti last year and Boudreaux basically figuring why not why not go for it and like I predicted Eric Halla did score in this game he basically was I mean I swear it was like he, he might as well have been in the crease on this and he was it was a really really uh bloody nose type of play right there in the net but Eric Halla getting his second goal after Niederreiter got his fifth earlier on on the power play. Nice, nice netter. Uh, Mikhail Granlin, you know, he is having a really nice season. He is one of the leading scorers on the team, mostly because of his nice centering passes. He is a spectacular passer. Uh, Centering pass, setting up Nito Niederreiter for the one-timer on the power play. You gotta love what you saw. Brett Ritchie, uh, a lot of people thought this might have been some type of a, this was an odd man rush, unfortunately. Uh, Suter, it looked like he was complaining at the ref that there might have been an offside on this one, but it certainly wasn't called, and Brett Ritchie with his fifth goal of the season to make it 2-1, to one. and then, of course, Halla with that uh, nose-for-the-net type of play. Not afraid to get dirty, and that's why Eric Halla is so valuable. Only his second goal of the season, but he always scores against Dallas, and, of course, he missed lots and lots of time, so he's trying to make up for time lost there, Eric Halla. <laughs> as good of a third-line center as you'll get. Basically, the west walls of this team, speedy, defensive, and uh, and a, a solid player. Gotta love Eric Halla brings. So it goes into overtime, unfortunately. Now again, again, Darcy Kemper was in net, very solid. But it had that classic Josh Harding finish. And I don't know why, I always blank on his name, even though I know who he is very well. But I always tend to blank on him as I'm talking because I'm thinking about so many other things. So his name kind of gets put on the back burner. But of course, uh, this was a classic Josh Harding game. You go on the road against a team you don't really have a whole lot of success against on the road in the past. He turns in a nice effort, but doesn't get rewarded for it. The game goes to overtime. Koivu and Granlin trying to set up a play. In the offensive zone, next thing you know, Granlin gets stripped, and Granlin's on the ground, basically gets bumped and stripped by Jamie Benn, and Sagan, <laughs> he fit passes it over to Sagan, 
and then back over to Jamie Ben, who finishes on the power play from a from a distance out. Just a wrister. Sixth goal of the season. Dallas Stars win. The Wild get a point out of it, but uh, another one that slipped away. I'm glad we got a point, but I don't know. It slipped away. And again, it's amazing that the Wild were able to the Wild are actually one of the division leaders at this stage. It's actually quite surprising <laughs> to see that happening. Um I'm I'm grateful for it though. I'm not complaining. Um because Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg not having the kind of season you'd think they'd be having. It's uh, quite stunning, actually, to see it turn the way it is. The Wild host the Winnipeg Jets. It seemed like the Wild uh, the Wild always seemed to play them around any type of a uh, holiday season. An early game, 6 o'clock at home. And, you know, cool. These type of games are fun, but it seems like the Wild always ran in our parade. But not this time around, as the Wild end up winning 3-1 to one at home in Exo Energy Center. Very cool. Uh... Devin Dubnik was just insanely good the whole game. Uh, you saw Blake Wheeler score a goal, and then you saw it get taken away. It was a spectacular redirect, but unfortunately for him, there was a offside call, and it was the right call. And, of course, Blake Wheeler ended up scoring later on in the game. That was the only goal he would get. Of course, the Winnipeg Jets were down 2-0 at the time, but I want to talk about it now so I don't so I don't lose, when, lose my train of thought here. Um, and then he's barking at the refs. Oh, does that one count? Does that one count? Come on, man. It was it was offside. It was obvious. The other, the other skater was well past the puck there, uh, crossing the blue line way before the puck. So I don't know what he's getting an attitude for. No smile, no celebration, just staring down the ref. I don't know. Um, I want to like Blake, Blake Wheeler, but there are times I really don't like the guy at all, to be quite honest. And on that play, I didn't like him at all. Uh, Jason Zucker, Miko Koivu. Guys just dying for points. Granlin adding another one. This again after a scoreless first period. The Wild score very late in the second to finally get something in there. As Helichuk and, of course, uh, Devin Dubnik just pitching shutouts with each other. Another another one of these. I mean, the Wild always seem to run into these the whole season. And then Koivu finishing off another good centering pass by Jason Zucker. So now Koivu, Zucker, and Granlin playing together. Interesting line. You're seeing, you're constantly seeing switches here. Um, you saw about a million chances for Stahl, Coyle, and Parisi. It's nice to see them together. Uh, Parisi, the past few games, had been struggling so much. Um, <laughs> Pominville drives me nuts, by the way. That was on the uh, the goal earlier earlier this week, where Pominville, like, hitting the post time and time again, hit the post in this one. Coyle hit the post about three times against the Winnipeg Jets. You'd think he would have scored four goals, like Granlin, or excuse me, Parisi, Coyle. Um, Pominville, same thing though. That's one of the reasons the Wilds don't score. It's like they they may, they make a play, they beat the goalie, and then they hit the post. It's unbelievable the frustration that continues to mount with this team right now. But luckily, the Wild were able to cash in again. A nice centering pass from Zucker, started by Granlund, Zucker, and then ultimately a finish by. Koivu. Uh, Zucker's passing skills have really improved the past few years, and that's why he was racking up points early in the season. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of disappeared because the scoring completely disappeared. Um, you always saw Zucker as a guy who just scored, didn't get assists. Now he's now he's almost as good a passer as Granlin. In fact, he push, pretty much does the same type of passes as Granlin. Um, but I would say Granlin is the best passer on the team. Koivu finishing on the one-timer, very close to the net, third goal of the season. That's great. That's awesome. And midway through the third period, after Dubna continued to shutting, shut out the uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, after Brodeen making it 2 nothing there, uh, power play goal. It's nice to see Brodeen on the power play, putting the puck on net, redirecting. Again, <laughs> it was redirected from a, 
Uh, Winnipeg defenseman, it slowed the puck down, but it made the angle more awkward, and luckily it went past, so Brodin getting his second goal of the season, believe it or not, both on the power play. That's that's hard to believe, but it's kind of cool. Keep him out there, I guess. I mean, if anything, <laughs> he, he's not going to get the James Shepard Memorial, even though he got beat so miserably. It seemed like that continues to happen. He'll have a bad play a game or two before, and then he'll miraculously score or set somebody up, and he'll avoid it by this much. Again, at that point, just a minute later, Wheeler making it 2-1 to one on the power play, seventh goal of the season. And then it was, again, the Wild went into trap mode, basically, at that point. Got a couple shots on goal, but nothing special. It was pretty much Dubnik and the Wild going into trap mode, and it was nicely done. This was a much better played game than the Wild had had before. No defensive laps this time around, and ultimately Parisi finishing on an empty netter. Nice feed from Eric Stahl, pushing the puck forward, giving Parisi a chance to put it in for his third goal of the season. Much needed. I mean, if it takes an empty netter, it takes an empty netter, and Zach Parisi able to... <laughs> able to break the drought here and good for him um again been struggling all season he was definitely going to get a james shepherd memorial the way things are going and it wasn't trying to kick a guy that's down of course i know he's been hurt and such but it's like still it's frustrating uh, it's like is he the next danny heatley is that where he's heading i don't know um hopefully parisi this can get things going a little bit get a little bit of confidence going hopefully somewhat at least light the lamps a little bit and then now with Stahl and Coyle working with him. Should be an interesting top line. And you know what? It's the rightful top line of this team, to be quite honest. Uh, the Koivu Granlin Zucker is a nice line. Then you get your Hala, Pominville, and Nita Ryder back together again. That is a great combo. Um, they've been they've been a good factor along the way. And, of course, the fourth line is kind of like pick me, other than, of course, uh, Tyler Grayovac, who was awesome all week. Uh, Tyler Grayovac, absolutely fantastic. I'm going to give him... The Mike Madonna, uh, Mike Madonna Award for the week. Uh, great wall play. He, it's like he just gets it. Something clicked uh, early on in the season, in the preseason and such, and uh, training camp. Boudreaux was very disappointed with the guy's effort. Couldn't believe what he was seeing, pretty much. And then now, whatever it is, something has clicked with Grayovac. And you're, you're seeing great effort. You're seeing him outwork people. You're seeing him make smart plays. And then he was able to get a goal again against the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche. Since then, he hasn't done that, but he's, again, he just great wall play, setting other people up, set starting plays, starting opportunities. Uh, he's as good of a fourth-line center as the Wild are going to have at this point. He's also been playing wing. He, he moved up with Koivu at times, playing with uh, Koivu and Granlund, but then now Zucker's up there. You're seeing shuffle. You're seeing the line shuffle. You're seeing Grayevac at wing on occasion on the second line or center on the fourth line. Um, that's what you're seeing on occasion. He was good on the wing when he was good on the wall. Uh, that's where he was solid there. But then back to center against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So kind of is what it is. Um, that's what's nice about Boudreaux. Not afraid to shuffle the lines. He's not overdoing it. But he's trying to put players in position to be successful. So there it is. I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. Uh, as for James Shepard Memorial. Oh, eh. I'm kind of having a tough one, tough time with this, and I'm going to go with Pominville because the guy can't finish for his life. Um, time and time again, he had chances to score, and he just he he had an open spot. He could have beat the goalie, Helichuk. He could have beaten uh, Niemi. He could have beaten Picard, and it's just off the post or right into the goalie's pad. Like you know, there's there, it's an easy chance to score, and he's just not getting it done. So Jason Pominville will get the uh, James Shepard Memorial for this particular episode. 
Fun, fun finish to the week, but frustrating at the same time. You got to beat Colorado. You had a chance to beat Dallas. You just didn't get the job done. Quick breakdown in overtime. You, you don't reward uh, Kemper for putting in a wonderful performance on the road. Back-to-back good performances for him. Luckily, you do reward Dubnik this time around. And it was frustrating how he didn't get rewarded in the Colorado game, despite how aggressive the Wild were in that game. P- Picker just good enough, obviously, and the Wild defense falling asleep in that one. But miraculously, the Wild are one of the division leaders now. I, I'm, again, shocked to see that happening. But it is happening. <laughs> and that's wonderful. Uh, Stahl continues to lead the team in scoring. But you got the Granlins. you got the Coils um, hanging around there. And good for him. Need a rider as well. Uh, nice to see... Nice to see those guys doing well. Koivu desperately needing a point. <laughs> Brodeen desperately needing a point. And, of course, Groyevac desperately needing a point. Nice to see those guys, at least, and, and Hala, adding to the net, uh, lighting the lamps or adding assists this week. Uh, again, Parisi finally getting something with an empty netter. It, it is what it is on that one. So we'll wrap up this segment and then come back, preview four games, and look at the prospects and how well some of those guys are doing in college. <laughs> Segment number two, preview and check in on the prospects. Want to welcome the Las Vegas or Vegas Golden Knights to the NHL, by the way. There were all kinds of uh, possibilities at the time. The guy wanted Black Knights. That was Foley there, Bill Foley. Wanted the Black Knights, an, an army type of name. Uh, ended up with Golden Knights, kind of like the castle and stuff. You have the shield and then and the helmet. Looks cool. Uh, and then the secondary logo is awesome. You got kind of that, that Vegas logo, that star that you see on the strip. And then, of course, two swords coming in. Very cool. Their secondary logo might end up being more popular than their regular logo. But whatever it is... Um, I've always liked Nevada. Yeah, I mean, I like the pro. I would like the. I like the climate there, dry and hot. You know, stuff like that versus uh, rainy and wet like Seattle. Yuck. Um, the only thing I wouldn't like is there's no winter, but you get the idea. <laughs> but yeah, uh, very cool. A lot of people making fun of the name. I don't know why. I I think it's fine. Um, the other possibilities were Desert Knights and Silver Knights. Silver might have been kind of cool too. Desert, I don't know, I mean, maybe they would have came up with something kind of neat with that one, though I don't know about any Desert Knights too well, so it would have been weird, I had a feeling that is what, that was what it was going to be, because it's Nevada, but, well, it wasn't, so whatever. Uh, the Wild, so I just had to get that a- across, I don't know why people are ripping the name so much. Pittsburgh Penguins, the Wild hosts the Pittsburgh Penguins and Black Friday. Hopefully it's not Black Friday as in the Pittsburgh Penguins are beating the crap out of the Wild, hopefully the Wild get the job done again, as the Wild surprise the Penguins. Just a, just a couple of weeks ago, Phil Kessel leading the way at this stage, but Crosby had missed six games at the time. Crosby, Kessel, really, uh, Kessel's really been an uh, unbelievable uh, asset to the Penguins. I always thought a team that was already kind of funny with the chemistry there, that he was going to screw it up even worse. Instead, it's gone the opposite way. The Penguins are one of the best teams in the league, and they rightfully won the Cup last year. Malkin still way at the top there. Matt Collin, oh, four, uh, ten points. Fourth line, third line guy, 10 points on the season in 20 games. Oh, I wish he was here so much. Wouldn't that have been awesome? Unfortunately, he's not. Uh, two po- you might be seeing the next uh, Vegas Golden Knights goalie on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Be- uh, just like how the Stars wound up uh, giving us uh, 
allowing us to have Manny Fernandez during that expansion draft. Vegas is going to have more <laughs> possibilities, I think, this time around than even the Wild did. As the Wild really didn't have that many names. They ended up just taking old guys and letting them go, like Mike Vernon, the former Calgary legend, stuff like that. But uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is a big name. His numbers haven't been that good, though. Uh, the thing is... <sighs> If they lose Matt Murray and they might be stuck exposing him, boy, they're going to regret that forever. I mean, Matt Murray deserved a consummate award last year, I thought. Um, and he's not been getting the uh, games in net, yet the, the Penguins scoring is so good, it doesn't matter. Fleury averaging 3.18, Matt Murray 1.58, way better in, in net. But Fleury again facing a ton of shots. Pittsburgh's defense is definitely one of their weaknesses, other than, I guess, their forwards take the puck away. Um, I would like to believe the Wild could beat the Penguins, but boy, they put a romping on the New York uh, New York Rangers. Uh, they're pretty good on the road. 6-1 to one victory over the other really good team in the Eastern Conference, the Rangers. 6-1 to one ass-kicking just recently. Man. Um, yes, the Wild can win the game. Will they? Oh. Uh, oh. I don't know. Um, they, they did so well last time around. I wouldn't be surprised if the Penguins send a message, but I don't know. Should I come out in good faith, pick the Wild to win? Like, put it this way. If Marc-Andre Fleury's in net, the Wild will win. If Matt Murray's in net, the Wild will not win. If Matt Murray... Matt Murray should be the starting goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins long-term, but Marc-Andre Fleury's making a lot more money. That's one of the problems. It's one of those things. I mean, you're you're kind of stuck. You sign these huge contracts, like with Nicholas Baxter with the Wild, stuff like that. Maybe Josh Harding should have gotten more games than he did. That type of thing. Um... And, but, and, of course, Harding was inconsistent, like, like temper, for crying out loud. Murray is a legitimate goalie in this league. Um, the Wild will definitely not win the game because their offense has been struggling enough. The only hope is that Andre Fleury will be in net and he won't have a good game and the Wilds capitalize. Most likely guy to score against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Should I say it? Should I say it? I'm going to say Zach Parisi. I think he's going to respond. I think he's going to improve. And you'll see Zach Carizzi score against the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, a team that really pursued him back in the free agency. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with right now. The Wild will. I'm going to think. I, I'm going to go with Flurry in net, and the Wild win four to three, possibly. And I will say in an extra period, uh, Pittsburgh will get a point out of it, but the Wild win four to three. Zach Parisi somehow, some way, will be the will be the will will score in the game. So good for him on that sense. Uh, St. Louis Blues, the Wild head to St. Louis. They're in second place in the Central Division. The Wild in third, miraculously. Of course, Chicago taking their doggone rightful place in first. Uh, Nashville and Dallas and Winnipeg all and Colorado all breathing down the Wild's neck. 22, uh, 21 points for Nashville and Dallas. The Wild have 22, by the way. Uh, 20 for Winnipeg. And the Wild will rue giving those two points to Dallas. The Wild should have won that game. Um... Winnipeg with 20, Colorado with 18. Giving Colorado points. Luckily, we did not give Winnipeg points. St. Louis three points ahead of the Minnesota Wild at this stage. Jake Allen has been, well, he's, he's been solid, uh, but the Wild know how to beat the guy. That's where my that's where the hope comes in. But then you got Vladimir Tarasenko, Kevin Shattenkirk, guys that have beaten the Wild many times in the past. Uh, Paul Stanley's been nothing short of disappointing since joining the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Blues recently lost to the Washington Capitals, but of course they're one of the top scoring teams in all of hockey. It's almost like I should go with a loss for the Wild against Pittsburgh. Maybe I'll go a 4-3 loss against Pittsburgh. Wild maybe sneak out a point in that one. Uh, I think the Wild can beat St. Louis. Um, I think they can. Uh, I think the Wild... 
I mean, just the thing is, Jake Allen's 9-3. and three. I don't know how he's doing it. Uh, he's having a strong season. Uh, 2.33 goals against average. He is inconsistent. The Wild do know how to beat him. That's where I'm going to go with. I think Pittsburgh will respond and beat the Wild. But then the Wild win on the road in St. Louis on Saturday, November the 26th, back-to-back. Maybe you'll even see Kemper in net for that one. Um, though you'd probably want to me considering how well he played against St. Louis historically. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the wild win in St. Louis. Lost to Pittsburgh. I'll switch that around. But Parisi will be the most likely guy to score against the St. Louis Blues. I mean, Tarasenko definitely leading the way. Nine goals, 22 points in 21 games. He's he's on pace for about 84 points on the season. After that, though, it kind of it, it drops off significantly. Um, Nobody else really playing that great. Uh, Shattenkirk has got to be one of the... Uh, Shattenkirk's one of the top players on the team, without a doubt. One of the best uh, defensemen uh, in the NHL. He is absolutely awesome. Wild could really use a guy like that. Even though we're very good on defense, we're not that top-heavy. Uh, Ryan Suter is a good player and everything, but I don't know. Shattenkirk would fit in pretty nicely with this team, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, I'll pick the Wild to win this one. It's going to be low-scoring. I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for the Wild on the road in St. Louis. You'll see Dubnik have a great game. Maybe Kemper will go against Pittsburgh. I, I have no idea what's going to happen in that one. Um, don't be surprised, actually, to see Kemper, Kemper obviously play in one of those two. The odds are very high. I don't know, but I'm going to go with... I, I got a sneaky feeling maybe Kemper turns in a, a beauty against St. Louis. A 2-1 victory for the Wild. Tarasenko, probably definitely... Tarasenko, the odds of him scoring, obviously very high. He always beats He always beats somebody on the Wild. Most likely got to score for the Wild in this game is going to be Eric Halla. Not Eric Stahl. Eric Halla is going to score against the St. Louis Blues. Got a good feeling about that. So Tuesday, November the 29th, the Wild head to Vancouver... The Canucks have not been very good on the season, and that's good news for the Wild. Uh, chances of them winning this game, very high. Uh, the Wild have been 1-1 one and one so far since the week started. At this stage, again, we'll say lost a Pittsburgh victory over the St. Louis Blues. Vancouver, well, they're surprisingly, they surprisingly have 18 points. They've won a couple games of late, but overall, they're not very good. Uh, they took care of business against the Arizona Coyotes, who are awful right now. Um... Gosh, I can't believe it. Arizona and Nevada are both going to have a hockey team. Now, I used to always joke about all that heat. No, they're going to go to the rink and it's going to be a pond. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, Ryan Miller, well, Ryan Miller and Jacob Markestrom have been the have been plateauing for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Markestrom has a better record, but his stats are all worse. They're just scoring more for him, I guess, at this stage. He's 5-3, and three, winning record. Ryan Miller has been snake bit with games that just... The team's not been scoring when they need to. Uh, the scoring is down. The defense is down. There's no excuse for the Wild to to not win this game. Marcus Granlund is now on the uh, Vancouver Canucks, no longer on the Calgary Flames. That is the younger, slightly younger brother of Mikhail Granlund. Kind of cool. Wouldn't mind having him on the team actually, but uh, maybe it's not for the maybe it's not for the best. Louis Erickson, the former star, also former star and Boston Bruin, a member of Vancouver, but nothing going so great. The Sedin brothers. I mean, they're solid at this point, but they're not the stars they were in the past. And after that, there isn't all that much to, to brag about with Vancouver. Um, no young, hot prospects on the roster. They might get one now if they continue to stink. Uh, the goalies haven't been doing very well. Uh, just nothing spectacular to say about Vancouver. And for me, there's this is a 
this is a this is a you better win type of game. You can't call it a must win, but it's a you better win. You better win this game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Daniel Sandin is the only is the guy leading the team in scoring with only 13 points. Again, only right. The Wild could use him. Sure, they could. Uh, he'd be at least like an Eric Stahl level, but. Um, just nothing great going on. Of course, the Dean brothers have been a pain in the ass for the Wild for all eternity. So that's the one only thing right there. They might set up something. They'll probably find a way to score a goal. One of those two guys will probably put the puck in. Against Vancouver, though, most likely got to score in that one. We'll go with Nino Niederreiter. We'll score a goal against the Vancouver Canucks. I think, uh, yeah, Dubnik will be back in net. And the Wild should play a solid game. Um... Yeah, Vancouver scored four goals against Arizona, but Arizona's got just nothing going on right now. Um, they really suck uh, big time. In fact, uh, Vancouver played a nice game, nice competitive game against Chicago. That's the one thing that scares me. Got pounded by New York 7-2. to <laughs> I wish the Wild could do something like that, but then take advantage of two wins against Arizona in the last couple of games. So naturally, the record's going to be a little better. Uh, five goals, though, against Dallas on November the 13th. That's kind of surprising. So the Vancouver offense finally starting to wake up for the most part of late. Um, gosh, five goals against Dallas. The worst game was against the Rangers, but the Rangers are a great game. And yeah, um, they they become a great team again, that is. And good goaltending, good defense, every, everything. I mean, the Rangers just are, you know, like a natural team out there, natural winning team. I don't know if they'll ever win a cup, but they'll be in contention forever, pretty much, <laughs> at least for a little while. Uh, the Wild need to win this game. I'm going to go 4-2 victory for the Wild. Most likely guy to score, Nino Niederreiter in this one. And then, as we head into November, everything's locking up on me. <laughs> what the hell am I doing, right? Uh, it is Calgary. Or December. We're moving to December. I'm locking up mentally here. December, Friday, December the 2nd, the Wild. We'll head to Calgary, Alberta. And uh, let's hope and pray... If John, yeah, let's open play the wild score this time. That's all I got to say. Uh, don't be surprised to see Chad Johnson in net because why wouldn't they put him back in net? I mean, after that and after how, what an awful season Brian Elliott's having after coming from St. Louis. I mean, Brian Elliott finally getting a chance to be a starting goalie in this league, and this is what he follows up with. It's unbelievable. I, I can't believe they're falling apart like that. It's pretty, pretty ridiculous, to be quite honest. Don't, uh, I don't understand why. It's like at this point, Chad Johnson needs to be the starting goalie for this team. Um, and uh, one thing I'm a little afraid of, don't be surprised to see a little bit of feistiness out of this Flames team. Yes, uh, again, just like Vancouver, low scoring and not so good goaltending. But then again, Chad Johnson has been great. Uh, six and three record. And he's pretty much taken over the starting reins at this point, And he deserves to. Uh, two shutouts on the season. Again, I said six and three, 2.08 goals against average and he's been a successful goalie in the past he just stunk uh, he just stunk with the New York Rangers recently just shut out the color the Columbus Blue Jackets two to nothing and that's the Flames right now they're kind of like what the Wild have been low scoring uh, getting shutouts low scoring but allowing almost nothing and that's kind of been the change of uh, identity for Colorado since Chad Johnson took our Calgary since Chad Johnson took over I I'm losing my mind I apologize um, Michael Froelich leading the team in scoring at this point Johnny with a broken finger. They're pissed off at the Wild for all the hacking away that the Wild did, slashing him over and over in the game. So again, don't be surprised to see, some, to see a lot of fighting. Uh, Calgary has had a reputation at the, at the past couple of years. Don't be surprised to see a lot of feistiness from the Flames against the Wild for what took place. But hopefully the Wild are able to take advantage of that. This game does scare me for for that reason. I don't want somebody to get hurt, like Parisi, who, you know, it just seemed like all the time, whenever there's always some type of stupid type of, like, 
puck off this or slash that and then broken this, broken that or cracked this, bruised there, something. I, I hope Parisi could come out of this one without something bad happening to him or somebody else, uh, obviously along the way, like a hala, something like that. Um, hopefully the Wild do not get some type of <laughs> cheap shot from the Calgary Flames at this stage. If not, the Wild, you know, I mean, they, they, they need to beat this team. But unfortunately, I mean, Calgary, again, emerging with Chad Johnson in that. I'm going to go with the loss, and I have to. Uh, two to one. I'm going to go with the loss. Charlie Coyle will score the only goal for the Wild against Chad Johnson and the Calgary Flames. I just don't have a good feeling about this one. I hope I'm wrong, and you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's not like I'm losing money, and I'm not encouraging you to bet money on this or bet money against that. But I'm going to go with a two to one loss to the Calgary Flames. Chad Johnson is just getting the job done, and he's created a totally different, uh, I mean, it's a totally different turn of momentum for the Calgary Flames, who are just awful with Brian Elliott in net. At some point, Elliott's going to have to get back in there and step it up. And if he is in net, well, take advantage of it and win the game 4-2 to two or 4-1. to one. You know, that, that's what I'll pick if Elliott's in net. But odds are Chad Johnson will be in there, and I'm picking a 2-1 to one loss for the Minnesota Wild. It would be the greatest thing ever if you saw a repeat of that New York game when the Wild won. Was it 6-3 to three or something? 6-4. to four. It was kind of a sloppy game, but they were scoring like crazy on Chad Johnson. Um, I believe, I think the sixth goal is an empty netter, but still, uh, Johnson struggled mightily against the Wild two years ago against the Islanders, but since then, he's been fantastic um, ever since then. Um, against Buffalo, when the Wild played against Buffalo last year, Chad Johnson shut the Wild down. So, I don't know. He's definitely, he definitely uh, been on the been on a tear the past year and a half, and good on him. I mean, that's how you, that's that's why you're in the league to get the job done, make money, and there you go. And that's what Chad Johnson's going to be doing if, if he keeps this up. Uh, two to one loss to Calgary on the road. Let's check in on some of those prospects, eh? So let's first go to the. Uh, I'm going to go to the college ranks first. Uh, Luke Coonan, you know the Wisconsin Badgers, you know our number one pick. Very strong. 10 games, 10 points as a sophomore. Six goals, four assists so far. Been playing very strong for the very improved Badgers team. Remember, Kunin had 19 points last season as a freshman for the Badgers. Uh, Sokolov's got me really excited. Remember that that sleeper pick from Russia that was supposed to be a top prospect? He was supposed to be a top first-round type of guy. And then people questioned his effort. They thought he was lazy. And, you know, and he just kind of has that laid-back Russian mentality, which is not a racist comment. So please don't come at me with that one. But he's been he's been crazy good. Uh, 19 games of the Sudbury Wolves. Yes, it's the OHL, but 17 goals, or excuse me, 14 goals, 17 points in 19 games. 14 goals in only 19 games. He's already about halfway to the 30 he got last season. Very cool. Cool. Hope, hopefully can keep this up. Um, that's nice. Get him on the Iowa Wild maybe next year and see how he succeeds there. Erickson Eck has been, is back in the... Uh, back in the Euro League, and he's doing okay there. He scored a goal in his first game there, just like he did in Iowa, and just like he did with Minnesota. Pretty funny. Jordan Greenway. Jordan Greenway with Boston University. How about that? The son of a gun is kicking ass. 12 games with Boston University, a very prominent college franchise or college program out there for the hockey. Uh, six goals, seven assists, 13 points to start out the season. He has been awesome. He's a big power forward who I think could be something really good in this league, hopefully someday. Maybe a better Tyler Grayovac. How about that? Six foot five, 222, physical, strong, and he's a fantastic passer. He's already eclipsed, uh, he's already eclipsed uh, the past uh, the past season as a freshman with five goals. Still was solid out there, 26 points as a freshman because he had 21 assists, but man, already six goals in only like one-third of the season here. Nice, nice start 
for Jordan Greenway. Um, really been happy with uh, with with those with those guys in general. The Iowa Wild so far this season. Well, Jordan Schrader leading the way. Polkanen also leading the way. Guys that are probably going to spend most of their careers in the minors, unfortunately. Gustav Wollison still strong with 10 points. Hasn't scored since, but he's been, you know, he's been generating offense. At least keeping this team going. Alex Tuck still stuck at 10 points. Alicia. So, no major names stepping up in terms of the scoring. But there's one thing that's got me feeling way better right now about Alex Daylock. Um... My goodness, <laughs> he was able to get a shutout and quickly, quickly, his goals against average dropped dramatically down to 3.4 and now it's down to 3.17 after allowing only one goal. He's actually surpassed Steve Mahalik and uh, his goals against average is slightly better now. Save percentage still not where it needs to be at about 89. Uh, Mahalik still got him beat there, but they're both 4-5 and five on the season and the Iowa Wild stepping up of late. Defensive, they're kind of turning into the Calgary Flames now of the AHL. Uh, not the Wild because they have a losing record. Uh, Samana still stuck at four points. Seems like he can't stay healthy either. It's really frustrating to see that going going on. Curtis Gabriel again, not doing much of anything. Just another overly physical guy, but not doing a whole lot other than that. Um, again, the scoring side, not not much to get excited about, but it's really nice to see. Um, Really nice to see Stalock kind of regaining what he can do out there. I mean, everybody knows he's an NHL caliber goalie. So to see him getting his ass kicked out there to start things out, it was like, what the hell? I mean, just getting his ass kicked to the AHL level, four goals a game, but he's turning it around. Uh, Adam Gilmore adding a couple points the last week, and that's pretty much about it for the notables because I know Gilmore is... He was a he was a fairly high pick a couple of years back. Um, he's he's been he's been hanging around longer though. He's he's no he's not like Greenway where he's only like nineteen years old. He's he's in his twenties already. So time to get going for him. Lucia again quiet. There was a nice little production on him, and I was thinking, well, they were calling him a future star, rising star, and I'm like, no, not not really. Let's 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 get there, okay? Let's get there. <laughs> he's not there yet. So, nice production. Now, the guys in college really stepping up, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, Coonan and Greenway in particular. Uh, First-round pick Coonan this year, and, of course, Greenway last year. Really doing well. Alex Tuck, well, he had a little surge down there in the AHL, along with Gustav Olsson. Not so much this week. It's mostly been Staylock. It's been lower, much lower-scoring games, uh, and Gustav Olsson's been good on the defensive side. That's the good thing. So... That's the other side that's very important with uh, Olsen. A lot of people see him as a stay-at-home defenseman, but no, he does provide offense, and it's showing. And it started showing last year when John Torchetti was the was the uh, head coach of the Iowa Wild before he was brought up here. He was literally called up to replace Mike Yo mid-season last year in February, as we all remember very well. Number 13 marks the spot. Uh, Wild have been undefeated against Boston since then. Ooh, kind of cool. So, hoping for a positive week here. I'm going 2-2 two and two right now. Don't trust us against Calgary. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, uh, St. Louis, though, I'm not going out in good faith. And Vancouver, you got to win that game. That's a, that's a you-need-to-win-that-game type of situation. So there it is. Hoping the Wild can hang on to at least third place in the in the division. That would be fantastic. Keep keep yourselves in playoff contention. As long as you make it, who knows it can happen. But it would be nice to at least be a little higher than eight this year. I don't want to get stuck playing Chicago in the first round. Screw that crap. I would love our chances against Edmonton, though. I, I Inexperienced, mostly kind of young guys. I think the Wild could beat them in a playoff series. I do. And then you go from there. Hope for the best. So there it is. There's also that fresh, new, and exciting Lucy Houston thought aspect of Edmonton, which could, could carry them on a playoff run. But I do think a grizzled, frustrated, and uh, 
hungry wild team could could beat the uh, Edmonton Oilers in a playoff series. Maybe we'll see them in the second round. Then we could go to the conference final. Hell yeah. But we'll worry about that when the time comes. Thank you all for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're enjoying the turkey or you already have, whatever it is. Uh, the Viking game is starting in any second now, too. It's probably, <laughs> you already know what happened at this point, maybe. But maybe not. Maybe you got the game on and maybe you got this on instead or on at the same time. Who knows? God bless you all. Enjoy yourself. Please don't drink and drive. Be smart. Use common sense. Um, and take care. We'll be back next week with hopefully a winning four games and not 500 like I'm predicting. Mm-hmm.